episode of Sluts and Scholars is brought to you by Balesa.co. Balesa is an empowering adult entertainment website for women. Launched just a year ago, Balesa has quickly grown to become a premier destination in porn with millions of women around the world joining the community. So go to Balesa.co to see some steamy videos that prioritize female pleasure, read some of the best erotic fiction on the web, and read some articles that talk about sex, relationships, and female health. Thanks to Balesa.co. Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, or check out slutsandscholars.com. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And this week we have joining us London Steel. London Steel, for those of you who don't know, is basically the reigning den mother of male strippers. We met him at the AVN Expo and were immediately impressed by his generous offer to have us go see his show at The Hustler and had every intention of taking him up on it, but uh, Vegas happened. Anyway, he's the <laughs> producer of the Mail Review at The Hustler Club in Las Vegas and was himself a stripper for over a decade and actually hired Channing Tatum for his first gig in the Traveling Mail Review, which was basically ultimately the inspiration for Magic Mike. So on behalf of people sexually attracted to men everywhere, thank you, London. Welcome. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, that's a hell of an uh, entrance there. Thank you very much, ladies. I appreciate you. Well, you can hire us if you want. <laughs> Absolutely. At least some fluffers in the back, right? So, oh, fluffers? Yes. Is there a job opening for that? Is that a real thing at the club? Like, do you have people to do that? (laughs) No, that's not a real thing at the club, man. So, okay. So, I know I'm just going to dive right into it because I know that there's been maybe some like drama or controversy around this in your life. But talk to us about quote unquote discovering Channing Tatum. Oh, get right into it, huh? Okay, cool. Well, I own my own group back in 1999. It was called The Mail Encounter. I, uh, you know, traveled the country, the country doing shows and stuff like that. Put a show together, and uh, when it when it came about, when and, and not a lot of people know this, but when I put my group together at that time, I, it seems like more like Abercrombie and Fitch was just, just really starting to get popular then. And that, if you know anything about that, that's more of a slim look. You know, just being in shape but not really have the muscle bodies, which usually most of the male entertainers had. Right, because it's my understanding, to to I was reading the uh, history of male stripping uh, prior to... Really? Tr- prior to speaking with Is that like just a Wikipedia article? No, it's a great article. It was in uh, Slate. Oh, great, A history cool. of male strippers. And so... Um, Originally, male slippers were strippers. Male were most, slippers. Male slippers. <laughs> male strippers. Male strippers were bodybuilders, basically. That would just like basically yes. get more naked, and then yeah. there's like a. When you think of, I mean, not to be disrespectful, I'm talking to ladies, but not to be disrespectful. But when you think of a guy or you think of a woman, you don't think of a person that's probably like the most overweight or something like that, unless that's what you're into. You know what I mean? If that's what your fetish is and go for it. But mostly when you see a person like that, you want more of a good looking person. Let's be honest. For you know what sure. I mean? So this is about fantasy. That's what this is about. So when I, when I brought Channing Tatum on, I kind of went outside the box. Like nobody was ever really dancing. That was more on the skinny side. Matter of fact, I mean, all the venues that I had booked pulled me aside, the owners and the, and the managers said, Hey man, you can't put that guy on stage. And I, and I'm like, well, he's in process of training and he'll go on stage and ladies will love him. And it took him about three months to really come around. I mean, remember 
before, when I took Channing Tatum under my wing, there wasn't no Channing Tatum. I mean, he was, his name was Chan. That's what I called him a nickname. And that's what he was known for. I mean, he was never in acting. He wasn't in modeling. He wasn't even trying to get into the business. Mm-hmm. That was just, he was just a seeing that, you know, drove by, seeing the sign up that I had a show there, stopped in and said, I like to dance. You know what I mean? You know, what are you, are you hiring? So I brought him under my wing and worked with him. You know, I mean, there were some nights, four or five nights a week, we would get done with the show and I would bring him back to the house and we would just audition, just basically rehearse and rehearse and keep on going over because he was a very, very good dancer, which he is now, but he didn't have his, he didn't have it together. What I mean by that. Basically it was like Black Swan. Black Swan. How did you yeah. get the how he did you get the inspiration like, for it though? He would just go in go into his own beat. And that's what the crazy thing was about Channing Tatum is that he was able to figure out this beat in his head and mm. then do it with his body. Yeah. He just wasn't staying on beat. So I was able to kind of calm him down and kind of take and bring him to that level, which that that basically got him on stage. You were like the strict Russian ballet instructor. You really want to make this like Black Swan? Well, I'm just thinking about my <laughs> yeah. childhood. I took I ballet for like five years, but I mean, definitely even more risque than that. But you know, <laughs> so I definitely worked with him a lot, and then uh, he got he was actually not working one night, and he called me and said, "Could I just come in for tips?" And I'm like, "Yeah, not a problem." And he came in and danced, and after that show, a casting director was in the crowd, and she was from Miami, and the show was in Tampa that we did, and she was there for a wedding. And she gave him a card and goes, hey, I really like your dancing. Why don't you give me a call? I have a video shoot coming up. I'll put you in it. Oh. And he comes back and asks me, he's like, hey, man, so what do I do about this? I'm like, you call her. You call her uh, like tomorrow. Because listen, man, cell phones weren't even that big back then. People were still using pagers. You know what I mean? So I'm like, you call her immediately and you let her know. They mean, she's probably not going to answer because she's here. Well, he did. He told me the next night. He's like, yeah, she didn't answer the phone. I left a message with her with the receptionist. Well, she called him on Tuesday. That video happened to be a video being shot in the Bahamas with Ricky Martin. Whoa. Yeah. So he got on a plane, went out there and shot, came back. Well, when he did, he met a few contacts there shooting and they liked his look and they liked his dancing. So he got into modeling from that point. Oh, that's so interesting. And then he just went into the modeling career for a while and then he got into the acting probably – I don't know the time frame, but I know he was a modeling for a few years. I think he did pretty, I think he was pretty successful. Yeah. So what I'm kind of hearing is that in a certain sense, you were the, not necessarily the catalyst, but if it hadn't been for you getting Channing on stage that first time, uh, his career wouldn't really exist. Do you either A, feel that way? And B, does he give you credit? Do you feel where credit's due? Um, Great question. Um, you know, not to be a narcissist. I mean, I'm very, I'm, I'm actually a really humble guy. I don't like to put myself in that position, but there probably would never be a Channing Tatum without me. He wasn't even in the business. He wasn't trying to be a model. He wasn't trying to be an actor. He was just a kid that was looking for a job that was a great entertainer. And, and I'm sorry, some a great dancer money. that I happen to have, you know, a great look. And that's what I look for in this business. You know, and, and be honest, man, Chan had a great personality. As a person, I mean, he was funny. We got along great. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't, like, like I said, trying to become who he is today. It happened to fall onto his lap. I mean, it fell right into his lap. I mean, he basically hit the lotto. If that woman wasn't, just like for me, if I didn't let him, if I would have said, hey, Chan, I don't have any room tonight. You can't come in. Or if he didn't call me that night. Or if that that casting agent wasn't in the crowd, it wouldn't have turned out the way it would. Wow. 
Okay, that's so interesting. So do you feel like now he wants to kind of separate himself from those roots? Absolutely, he does. Absolutely. I don't, I don't, it's crazy, but like, I don't, like he's, I mean, I don't want to say he's scared to use my name, but he really is. I mean, like really like, I mean, TMZ has put a speaker, a microphone in his face and asked him about me. He will not bring up my name. He kind of knows I'm the Trump card in the business. And the thing that's crazy about it is it's not a Trump card because I, I don't think he realizes how proud I am of him. You know, I mean, here's a kid mm-hmm. that before anybody seen anything in him, I mean, America loves him now. Before anybody's seen anything, I was the one guy that happened to say, you know what? This guy's got a good look, man. He's got a great personality. So? And each one of my so? entertainers. Yeah, but Linda, do you think that maybe maybe part of the reason he's nervous about using your name specifically, didn't wasn't there a lawsuit when Magic Mike was first coming out? No, that was all, that was, that's funny, but that's actually stuff that his people put out. It was just basically, it was, it was a hype to get the movie more tickets being sold. That was never, there was never, no, there was never a lawsuit. There was never, there was never nothing about that. What's that? You never thought about filing a lawsuit? No, I never filed a lawsuit. Never even thought about it. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, how many people can say not one, but two movies for an average guy that are major hit movies. One of them made over a hundred million dollars. I, I, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. I'm humbled that this guy worked with so many entertainers and he thought enough of me that I made that much of an inspiration in his life that he made the movies about me. Aww. I wish they would have brought you in. Who was it? Matthew McConaughey. You should have just been him. Cause like you still look good. Maybe they should have just brought you in for his coach in the movie. I mean, for people who well, have seen funny, it. Babe, what's funny is, so there's an, if you go to YouTube and you Google my name, a bunch of videos come up and Matthew McConaughey did a uh, interview with Inside the Actor Studio and he talked about playing me. He went with, when he got one of my entertainers, uh, Chan knew one of my entertainers and Chan got them in touch and he hung, hung out with The weekend with Matthew McConaughey and explained who I was to really try to understand the more of the character of me. Do you feel like he had he an actual get- understanding of who you were? Like, what did he say? Just, you know, just explain who I was. And I asked him, I said, well, what kind of question? What kind of question? He said, he even wanted to know how you walked. He said, everything about you. He said, he just wanted to know details about you. Just because he looked at you online to see your video. He talked to Chan, but he wanted to get a different perspective of somebody explaining my character on who I was. How so accurate he just do you think it. he was? But I would say pretty accurate to the, to the point when he explained me and inside the actor studio. I don't know about on screen, but definitely like, like when he described who we tried to play as a person, you know, he definitely nailed me there. Oh, cool. What do you think about the rest of the movie? Like, was it pretty close to the reality of what life was like as a dancer in Florida? Or was it, I mean, obviously you it's know, a movie. <sighs> Listen, I mean, listen, dancing is like like a band. There's going to be sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Everybody's going to be different, though. You're going to have the guys that one guy goes to school, one guy's married, one guy's got a girlfriend, one guy's single. Everybody's going to live a different lifestyle afterwards. So if one guy was one way, you can't say, oh, everybody's that way. But, you know, was there nights that we all partied and hung out and stuff? Absolutely. The way that what the thing that I didn't like about the movie is two things. For one, what happens on the road stays on the road. You know, I mean, there, 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 there's a thing that us entertainers say, man, we don't talk about it, man. And for him to come out and make a movie, but it's more like he was telling more of his demons and more of him and mm. trying to put us all in that spotlight. Got it. Got it. Um, if okay. that makes sense. Totally. So now we've talked about Channing Tatum and Magic Mike and like the construction, the construct of it all. But I want to talk about you and who you are and how you ended up in this industry and kind of your path to becoming 
kind of like the emperor of strippers in Vegas, of male strippers. So I'm I'm just curious about how you first got inspired. Like, who was your London? You know, how did you but, get you know, involved? That's, that's so funny because when I was like 19, I went to a club that had male strippers there. And it was a club that you know, had them for like two or three hours and then it would become a nightclub afterwards. And we were allowed to go upstairs and look over. And I'm looking at these guys going, this guy, there's, I mean, but how could it be another way better to make any money? Dancing for beautiful ladies, you know, in the crowd, you know, taking care of yourself. So I didn't know how to get into it though. And I was actually a waiter at Chili's. By all means, within like three or four months later, these guys come in and they're sitting at a table and I happen to serve them and they're like, you know, you should become a dancer. You know, I'm like, okay, what do you got to do with stuff like that? So, you know, went and tried out. And then basically when I tried out, they brought me on board and really took off really quick in the business. What because did I you had have to do to that, try out? Yeah, what was it? Nicoletta is always interested in stripping auditions. It was, it was standing in front of, yeah. Well, it was standing in front of the owner and then a couple other guys and just, they said, I got to basically do what I make the guys do now, dance. What you're looking for is three, three important things. You're looking for their looks, their body, and their ability to be on stage and move around and not just stand there and freeze. If I can make a guy you know, go on stage and dance around in front of ladies and take their clothes off, most likely that guy's going to be able to do anything in this world. Was that easy you know, for you have... to do, or was it hard to, like, were you nervous? You know what? It wasn't really that hard, to be honest. Like, it was weird. Like, if I look back now and look at it, it wasn't, like, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be nervous. Oh, my God, I'm going to, oh, my No, it wasn't any of that. It was like, okay, I'll do it. Boom, and just did it. So I think some people are bred to either have it or not have it. Because some people, if you tell to go on stage and take your shirt off, they'd freak out over nervousness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally it just wasn't totally comfortable. Totally comfortable. And then when I got into it, I was actually, you know, I was able to pick up the routines well, and I understood the business. What I mean by that is I treated it like a job. If I had, if the show started at 8, I was there at 6.45, 7, setting up my show so I knew it went good that night. Wow. You know what I mean? And then I knew that, you know, the routines, the more routines I would be in, the more I would be on stage. The flashier costume I had would make the more, would make ladies recognize me more. The more I got the microphone and talked on it, the more people would get to know me. And that's what I did. And I just took it upon myself. And even with the club owners, I would always make sure I shook their hands, introduced myself. And I come to a point where I was, like, club owners would, would request me. And if London's not wow. here, don't do you can't do a show tonight. I mean, it sounds like you put a lot of effort into that. And I'm wondering why you think just dancing isn't enough. I mean, obviously, there's a big difference that we see between, like, male review shows. A lot of them have, like, themes. And like you were saying, the sparkly costumes. Whereas if you're watching female dancers, it's just, like, dance and then leave. Well, why, why I think it is that way. And, and let's, let's keep, like, once again, let's keep it real. Guys are horned dogs, all right? A woman takes off their shirt. We see some tits. We're like, oh, man, we're ready to go. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? A woman, you know, you better come in, you know, with a nice outfit on. You better smell good. You know, you better wow her. You better look her in the eyes. You, you better touch her a certain her way. This, yeah, yes. You got to yes, tease. Yeah, like teasing. It's like the equivalent of like a of mental foreplay. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't want to use the word foreplay because I'm trying to like not make penetration the main event anymore in my vocabulary. But like, it's the element of like warming a woman up, both like sexually and mentally, before you're absolutely. like shaking your absolutely. dick in her face. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And let's be honest, most women don't even want to see that. They want to fantasize you with your clothes on, what you look like without them, and then they want yeah, to take them off slowly. Also, penises just like weird, just there would be weird. Yeah. 
I mean, no, so, it would be weird, but I would. I think there'd be a I lot. I don't know. Of, I mean, there's a show for that. You know, poetry there, of the penis or whatever. No, I'm sure there's shows for penises. But one of the things. Penis. So, do you ever think about like, should we show like, what if we show dick? Like, could we show dick? Like, legally, can you show dick? And if you were allowed to show dick, would you want the dicks to be erect or flaccid? Well, no, we cannot do it, and I wouldn't do it if we if we would. I wouldn't allow it because I th- that's the element of the surprise. That is the that that's the thinking of you. Know what I mean, the or not what, what what's the word I'm looking for? That's the uh, that that's what we the women want. You don't want to give them what they want. Yeah, you, know, you want to you want to like so that. close to it that it's kind of a tease. Like you get all the way there, and then you can't quite have it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. And then, then you let your brain wonder. The Magic Mike show when we were in Vegas. We didn't see your show. We saw the Magic Mike show. That's what Sorry. We were talking about. But we saw it mm-hmm. and like we were fucking turned on afterwards. We were just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, and, but I imagine. So imagine if you go to see that show, okay? And this is what I brought different to the table because that's what I used to do. I had a show on a strip. I had a show, you know, all over the country. And when I did my show. What's different about Vegas is all the shows in Vegas, they go on stage, it's a Broadway show. They do a show and they walk off stage. Well, when I come out of retirement and I I had a show on the strip, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I did in Florida. I want to go back to what I was bred to do. And I started doing something that nobody else does. I put that show on, but meanwhile, you're not just watching. You can reach out and touch. You can get that private dance. You know, you can you, you know you can put your hands on the guy's chest and abs and butt audits and feel his ass and go holy hell you know what I mean that's where I bring out something different that nobody else does. Yeah, I would like to talk a little bit more about that. I would like to talk about. Um, yeah, same. Ca- I want to hear about it. I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear about it. I want to have a conversation with you about it. About a kind of the do's and don'ts of what's appropriate as an audience member in the show, and then I'm also very curious about how you have this conversation with your performers, either prior to about hiring them, touched. yeah, either prior to hiring them or even throughout their time working for you, making sure that they're okay with that, what's expected, um, etc. That is, that's a very good question because you know what's funny is a lot of guys, when I bring them in, I have to sit them down. And the first thing I tell them is less is more. When you walk up to a table, you know, I see these entertainers tonight, they walk up, but even the females now. Yeah, they sit on your lap and they're like, don't leave. Yeah, or, or they. Or they walk by and say, would you like a dance? And you say, no, and they just keep on walking. Like, no, that's not what that, that you know what I mean? Yeah, how do you get that? Like, how do you, I don't understand that. Walk up, introduce yourself. Say hi to the lady. Look her in the eyes. Where are you guys from? What are you guys celebrating tonight? You know, you guys look beautiful. Okay, who's the, who's the, who's the bachelorette or who's the birthday girl? Or which girl's the party girl? And then, you know, then you go into it and find something out. Then you dance for her. Well, while you're dancing for her, guess what? You're flirting with her friends too now to get dances from them. You know what I mean? And you try to be that nice guy where I think the business is involving now to where a lot of people just try to do it to make a money. You know what I mean? When I was into it, it was a passion. You liked going on stage. It didn't matter if there was five ladies or 500, but you got up there, you rocked the house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't care about the money that was still being thrown on stage. I enjoyed entertaining. That's the one thing. So what, what the problem is now, but I say the biggest leap in me is when I bring these guys in, when I bring the younger generation in, they're looking at it as just a pocketbook. Like, oh, I have like a pair of tidy whiteies. can I get? How, how much yeah, is a pair of Yeah, I have dance? a pair how of abs. Yes, yes. Instead of going, look at the entertainment value of this, and the money is unleashable. You'll, you'll, it just comes in in buckets. So but you're if really you look wanting at the them value, to make some like personal connections with people. And that's how you yes. make more money. But how much and, money are we talking? I'm curious. Yeah, like, like what do they make what, for what, dance? Yeah, what do, how do your performers make money? 
They, they, well, they make money a couple of different ways. They make money by going on stage, and then people sit around the stage and throw money. Okay. And then they do the dances in the crowd, How which are, are $20 and up. $20, $20 and up. And up. Yeah, what is the up? Yeah. What does the up include? Well, like uh, some guys charge 25 some guys charge 20 I mean, it just varies on the entertainer. And then we have private caves where you can go over, and you don't have to be around everybody. So let's just say you're in my venue, and there's 100 ladies in there, and everybody's at tables, and you want to get a guest from this guy, but you're a little bit shy. What do you do with then? Well, then you go over... To a and cave? you go into, like, these little caves that we have. Like They're, little, they're not... Cause they're, like booth, I call them like caves. A booth, exactly, because they're open. They're open on one side. So a booth, so you're uh, not, like, in there like, out of the way. or for making women feel comfortable? It's making men... Well, we, we do it downstairs for the men, and then we do it upstairs for the, for the women. And all it is is to make people more comfortable. Really, That's all it what is. What really because happens in there, though? Because I feel Honestly, like... Honestly, just I dancing. Def- there's cameras on you. There's mm-hmm. cameras on you. I walk back there and check it all the time. I have, I have security go back there and check it. I mean, we, we can't. We're not a blockhouse. I mean, this is yeah. we're an adult entertainment establishment. So but what that means try, is when you come in... A def- I've heard of... I mean, I know women who are dancers, and they talk about other stuff happening, whether that's allowed or not, like... It's yeah. Oh, you know, listen, everybody knows there's going to be some risky state or some risque stuff going in some of the clubs. Yeah. The difference is, is what clubs that going to be at? Because when you come into a club like ours, like we have video cameras everywhere right. to protect us just in case something like that would happen. Of course. You know what, what I mean? Do you don't know if the entertainer is going to do something. What's that? What do people try to do? Like what's You'd the most amazed. common thing that You'd be amazed. your dancers are like, no, I can't do that. Well, that's the same. I mean, just think about when you're turned on by a person, you're half drunk or maybe all the way drunk, and you (laughs) guys don't, you you think you're alone. What are you going to ask to do? What are you going to be trying to do? That's what happens. I mean, everybody's, what's that? She said she'd grab a dick a little bit. Maybe grab a dick a little bit. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? So guys try to do the same with the ladies. Ladies try to do the same with the guys. You'll be amazed. And let me say this, okay, to all you ladies out there. Okay, I, I, I'm not a strip club expert. Yes, I work in one, but at all the times I've been to one, one. I don't know if that exists yeah. as a professional title, but you're probably as I can't close as you it. can get. <laughs> right. But when guys go to strip clubs, they usually sit back and any other women are fucking out of their minds. It's hilarious. They act crazy. It is, I mean, I'm literally like, there's some nights when I leave the club and I'm finding bras. I'm finding t-shirts. I'm like, why would you take this off? How? I'm finding (laughs) their shoes. Like, you didn't realize you didn't have your fucking shoes on before you got to the taxi or the, you know what I mean? Like, you walked three flights of steps or took an elevator and I walked through a dirty parking lot and you don't realize you don't have any shoes on? You know what I'm saying? That's because like, how does that even to get up to it. Yeah, well, just don't wear heels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, how does that even happen? You know what I mean? But it's funny, though. Women come in there and they just let loose. And I think it's just, you know, and, and I love it. I love it. I mean, that, that that puts the biggest smile on my face because, remember, I'm not trying to sell T-shirts. I'm not trying to sell, you know, pictures. I'm trying to sell memories. Yeah, so this lady can look back in five years ago. Susie, do you remember when you went on remember stage with that one entertainer <laughs> and he did this to you? You know what I mean? That's what we're trying to go after. Okay, so you have you know I mean? women come on stage. Um, are there yes. any rules for that? Because Nicoletta and I went to go see Magic Mike, and we were looking <laughs> fly in our outfits, but both of us were wearing skirts, so we were not allowed to go on stage, and we— Because we weren't wearing pants. They only brought people on stage who were wearing pants. Do you do the well, same thing? Well, that's because they didn't want your skirt to fly up, and part of the— and, and part I wear of the, very large underwear you. London. <laughs> You would have cared if it happened, but what if, huh? I get so it. Do, I get do it. You so, tell guys yeah, but to no, only we, uh, the pants 
I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit more lenient on that. I mean, if woman if a woman wears a skirt, she's gonna come up. But I make sure my entertainers, like guys, I mean, they know she has a skirt on. Don't spread her legs open and do something stupid. You know what I mean? Don't put your legs between hers. I mean, stupid. just be a little bit more classy with her. Because let's be honest. <laughs> Some you of the can ladies trash with the girls in pants, but those in skirts be classy. <laughs> what if the, yeah, what if the girl but wants? Some of the ladies don't even want to go on stage. It's her girlfriends that are there for the bachelorette party. They're like, "Oh, you're going to get up there, and we're going to embarrass you." Uh, but most likely, what happens is the guy gets on her and dances and gives gives her some grinding, and she's rubbing his chest up and down and his back and his butt and stuff like that. That's mostly what goes on on stage. Okay. I mean, a little bit of embarrassment. I know maybe you're not an expert at this and can't speak for everyone, but it seems like you've had to make it your profession to understand like what women want or what they're looking for. So like, what do you think that is? Well, Baskin Robbins makes 31 different flavors for a reason. Let's be honest, man. Everybody has a different type. You know, I mean, from Spanish to right. black to white to maybe, you know, I mean, to, to maybe, whatever, you know, I mean, whatever it is. I mean, you know, it could be a European guy. It could be the accent. Whatever it is, somebody's going to have a turn on in their life. Well, with women, I look at it when I looked into it is, you know, is women... They see a guy, and most likely women aren't going to look at a guy in their underwear. They want to see a guy in a nice suit. They want to see a guy in an outfit. Then you can imagine what he will look like afterwards. You know what I mean? Then you talk to him. So when I put these guys on stage, some guys have routines where, you know, yes, there's a cop. Yes, there's a fireman. Yes, there's a, there's an officer and a gentleman. But some guys just come out there in a pair of jeans, maybe in a white, you know, maybe a white dress shirt or maybe a white tank top. Ooh. Because that's what he looks good in. You know what I mean? So I try to put different guys in different outfits yeah. that when they walk on stage, it's something they feel comfortable in. So when you see them on stage, you know if they feel comfortable, they're given that presence of sexiness. So now, like then, if are you going to feel it? Then, then you're feeling good about it. Yeah. And let's be honest, not every woman's going to get entertained by every guy that walks on stage because he might not be your type. You know what I mean? I have a guy that's a cowboy. You guys might not be in the cowboys. You might be like, ah, cowboy's not my thing. But that guy over there, man, with Who's the suit on, cowboys? that's my thing. So, <laughs> um, so I have a question about your, your performers. Um, what are some of their, and the conversations that you have with them, what are some of their um, maybe biggest complaints about about the job, if any. I'm just curious about what they don't like, what's frustrating, and maybe what we as potential audience members can make better. Yeah, I think what frustrates the guys the most, I think it's certain guys, you know, when some, and of course I think this will probably frustrate the women downstairs, the women that are listening to, that are entertainers. It's that when they when people go to a strip club, they probably don't pour any money in tip or anything. So these entertainers are like, hey, we work off tips, where's the money at? And they get frustrated. And that's where I have to pull the guys aside and say, guys, if you go entertain, they will tip you. But if you think you're going to just stand here and look good and they're going to throw money, you're out of your fucking mind. How okay. much should someone so start, expect to tip when they come? Oh God, that's you know what that's that varies. I mean, you know, you can't put a price tag on something like that. I mean, because like like, there, there could be a woman that can come and go. Okay, I want to get a couple dances from this guy. That's going to be twenty bucks a piece, and then I want to maybe go get a private dance. That's going to be you know, I mean, one hundred and fifty bucks, whatever it is. So you know, or I'm just going to go up to the tip rail and I'm just going to throw twenty bucks on stage to the guys and ones. But it you sounds I mean? like it you really varies. want the guys to focus on them enjoying it and that knowing that if that comes across, then people will tip more as opposed to if they're just like hungry for the tips, 
it comes Absolutely. across that way and isn't so Absolutely. sexy. Absolutely. Go on stage, go on stage, be entertaining to the ladies, and the ladies will throw you money. Simple as that. You know what I mean? Go, go, don't be don't be afraid if somebody tells you no, they don't want to dance, to go back up and talk, sit down. Well, do you mind if I have to sit down and have a conversation? And start talking to the person, and all of a sudden, maybe you hit on a subject that she wasn't aware of, and she becomes your friend. She's like, you know what? Let me get a dance from you. I mean, you know, it, you sounds like got that dance. it sounds like you're teaching the guys a lot of things that could help them in dating people, like paying attention yeah. and listening and everyone likes I, you things know what? differently. I take it a point. I take it a point to try to train them more as even life. And I hear the guys tell me I'm a mentor. I'm a life coach for them. I try to teach them a way where I tell them, guys, even if it's a guy that walks up to you and says something to you, why is it worth saying something back to him? You know what I mean? Or smart enough to him. What is it worth it? Walk away. So be the bigger guy. I just try to be a gentleman. I try to think how I think because, you know, these guys have a lot of testosterone. They're wearing around a pair of underwear in a nightclub. You know what I mean? So they think they're all big and bad. So, I mean, the next guy could be bigger or better because he has a knife or gun so you just I mean, gotta always that, think like, smart. Theoretically, that works to apply outside in life, but I wonder how women have responded to you when you've like told them what you do. Like, how has it affected your personal life and dating, or maybe for some of the guys that you work with? Um, I think it affects everybody the same way. You know, I mean, let's be honest. When you find the right person and he or she believes in you, it's going to be fine. You know, I dated plenty of women back in the day when I was dancing where, you know, they were, you know, I mean, there was just you know, probably trust issues of their own and stuff like that. Or maybe they were, you know, embarrassed because, you know, they take me home to daddy because I was a stripper, male stripper. You know what I mean? So who knows? But I actually started dating a woman when I started dancing with, I had the male encounter. You know what I mean? Was, she's my wife today. We've been together forever. I mean, she stands behind behind me for whatever I do. She lets me say, then go, go, this is your business. I mean, when I came out to Vegas and came out of retirement, I came out here for almost a year on my own to get my show on a strip and get this up and going, which we had businesses back in Tampa, Florida. We had a house and everything. She ran all that. You know what? I was out here doing that because she believes in what I do and what I am. And she knows that, you know, and when, and when you find what you're looking for, it, you kind of know if, if you dated enough in the world, when you find what you're looking for, you, you know that. Mm-hmm. If you haven't dated enough, and that's why I always tell people, go out and date. Go date because you have to know what you're looking for. Because sometimes it's just not look. Sometimes it's just not body. You know what I mean? And you're going to find that person that you're going to that, that connect with, and that's going to be what you should be with, that yeah. kind of person. Speaking of, you know, finding people that you connect with, I'm curious about the sexual orientation of your dancers. Um, does it matter? You think? Uh, Do you like? Does it matter of what? Like if, if they're dance, gay, straight, if, if they're bi. day straight or bi, and how that or like. And I'm curious, like, if you have, if you do have gay dancers, like, how that affects it. And then if there's, like, men that come, how that affects, like, is it an audience, to my an knowledge, audience member? Or does their sexual orientation come into play? Yeah. So, to my knowledge, I don't have any, I don't have any, I don't have any gay dancers working for me, to my knowledge. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could be some bi. I mean, I don't really, you know, get into detail and ask. Would it think any different if they are? Mm-hmm. Uh, we do get men come by the show, but our show is a show towards mostly like bachelorettes and stuff like that. So we don't get a lot of guys that come by. And if they do, they're usually with women. And my guys treat them respectfully. But now, once in a while, we do get guys that, hey, I want to get a guy. I want to get a dance from another guy. Out of all my guys, I probably have probably four or five that will go dance. And I don't, and I'll be honest with you. How many do you I have? I don't have my head. 20. Okay. And I have, actually, right now I got six guys. I take that back. I got six guys that were dance for guys out of 20. And it, I kind of scratch my head because I look at this and go, are you not an entertainer? And is that not what you're doing? So what does it matter who's in front of you? Mm. If it's a guy, if it's a woman, 
what the fuck does it matter? You're entertaining. And some of the guys are just so against it. And I think it's them personally, my personal opinion, them being a little bit shallow inside. They're their own because, personal you know, issue with whatever. Yeah, no, because cause I don't get it. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I don't care. People, I danced in gay bars. Okay, did I make any money in them? Hell no, I didn't. But I went for the experience, and I went, and let me tell you something. You walk on stage, okay, and you have 300 men in front of you, and none of them are clapping, and they're all whispering to each other, well, he's straight, he's straight, talking about me on stage, but I'm still performing. And afterwards, they all tell me, damn, we did a great job on stage, but they didn't give me a dollar. You know what, then I did my job. Oh, because, because I'm not gay, I didn't come out there to try to, you know what I mean? I came out there to entertain you, and that's what I did. And that's what I tell the guys. But I think in this mm-hmm. day and age, because it just keeps on with you know, the generations, I think people just think different. And it does, it rattles my brain because I don't really understand it. We're in a 2018. What the fuck does it really matter? You know what we, I mean? We agree with you. So I don't really, You're, I question that a lot to what I just said, but you know, for, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I don't run into too many issues with that because a lot of gay men, when they come to, they, they come to my place, they realize that it's not that kind of venue. And they're like, oh, I want to go to an actual gay bar. You know what I mean? One that you know, I, mean, I can get. So they're pretty happy with it and they go there. Like I said, but if they're coming there because it's a bachelorette party or if it's a party going on and they're looking for some eye candy, then, you know, they found the right place. Uh-huh. So, but you know, but, so, but, so but, it, but it goes good though. You said you only have about six out of 20 guys that will dance on guys. Um, and generally speaking, are the dancers allowed to say no? To requests. Well, the guys actually that that are entertainers there are all independent contractors, mm-hmm. so, so they can come and go. They they make their own decisions, so they can show up to work at you know eight o'clock. The shift is eight to two. They can pull in there at nine. They can pull in there at ten. They don't have to pull in at all that night. They could just stay stay home that night. They don't have to come in. They work for themselves. Interesting. So, um, one last question before we have to wrap up, but. Uh, it seems like you retired from dancing for a while, and I wonder what happened when you retired. Yeah, like what were you doing in between and what brought you back? Because I would imagine yeah. there could potentially be well, some limiting things because of your job before. Absolutely. Well, when I when I was dancing, you know, I kind of seen the business going out. I seen that, you know, at that time, you know, more boy bands were coming in and the crowds were loosening up. Guys weren't taking the business serious anymore. And it seemed like it was going out. I wanted to get out of it before it got out of me. I wanted to walk out of the high point of my life. So I sold my group. I sold my company. And then I'm thinking to myself, what the hell am I going to do now? Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Well, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I like, I like owning businesses. So I thought to myself, I want to do something that's going to also keep me in shape and keep me out. I don't want to sit behind a cubicle. So I had a buddy that owned a detailing company in Orlando. And I talked to him and I opened one up in Tampa. I had my money saved and it went very well for me. Just like in the movie, he had it portrayed as my magic, my, my magic detailing. I own my own detailing company. That was another thing portrayed with me in the, in the, in the movie. So he, I, I had that and had it for years and it was a good business. I liked it. I liked it. You know, I had a lot, a lot of employees and a lot of vehicles on the road. It was good. And when the movie came out, Magic Mike, that's when I took a step back and said, you know, I need to come out of retirement. I mean, wow. it, it, I mean, this whole movie, this whole movie like is based how upon me. Responded and that they got excited about it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't real quick. I mean, Magic Mike was my roommate. Magic Mike was a guy that was my roommate that I used to call him as a nickname, and Channing, Channing heard me call him that one night. That's why, and it was just a nickname. He didn't dance under it. He danced under Michelangelo. But I called him, he was my roommate, and he called me Londonis, and I used to call him Magic, and it was just our nicknames. 
That's why he called the movie Magic Mike, because nobody would know who that was or what it meant. Wow. wow, that's so interesting. Oh my, I mean, maybe people didn't know it was you when you had your detailing company, but like, did you get any pushback just from people like after they found out what you did? Any judgment? Well, as soon I mean, as the entertainers- judgment on women, but I don't know how, if yeah. there's judgment on guys for doing it. Yeah, no, I was pretty, you know, pretty respected. The thing about this business is, you know, women are looked at kind of sleazy when they do it. Guys are put on pedestals. Why? It's a very mixed-sided it's a very, very mixed-sided business, and I don't know it's because maybe, you know, guys are more entertaining or up on stage wearing costumes, dancing, doing routines, where women are just using, I mean, let's be honest, grinding. Yeah, I think it's a sexist thing. Let's be honest, it is that too. Women, I agree. Like, yeah. I think if you're doing something that's, like, obviously sexual as a woman, you're often condemned because slut. you're— Yeah, you're called a slut, um, and, and you're not— society doesn't expect you to embrace your sexuality. So if you do that and decide to make money and entertain people off of it as a woman, I think people are like, ugh, what a slut, like what a sleaze bag. But, but like, exactly. Guys, Ooh, like, exactly. Oh, he's already, guy. A guy's like, oh, he's already sexual because we already think of men as allowed to be publicly sexual. So then yep. we reward them I agree. For, for making that decision. I agree. And, and, and everybody looks at that as maybe she's saying that to another woman because she could never do that. Maybe that wasn't her lifestyle. Maybe she could never get in that bathing suit to go do that. Maybe she didn't have the confidence. And that's why she's saying that. that you know, so it, it goes that route to me. But how about the woman that has a kid or has two kids and she's going, she's taking care of them. Or the woman has put herself through school. You know, it's the same way. Not every entertainer is a bad person. Dance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or just because her schedule is free and she likes to work nights and doesn't have to deal with all the bullshit of a nine to five clock job. Exactly. Let's be honest. Exactly. Well, it, you know? is, it has been so awesome having you, and we definitely are going to take you up on the show if you'll still have us. But how, who, whoever wants to go to the show or get in touch with you, how can they find you and the Hustler Club? If anybody wants to go to the show, go to kingsofhustler.com. I also run a couple other clubs across the country. I, I put them together last year. It's called Hunk Oasis. There's one in New Orleans on Bourbon mm -hmm. Street, and there's one in Flint, Michigan. Yes. So if you Google, if you Google hunkoasis.com, or you Google, if you're in Vegas, kingsofhustler.com, that will bring you to our website. You can book tickets there. If you want to get a hold of me, want to follow me on social media, just put in London Steel. Like, like it says, L-O-N-D-O-N. S T E E L E. You can find me on all the all the social media sites. So please follow me. Hit me back. I love to love to meet new people. You know, if you come to Vegas, definitely come up and say hi to me. I love to. I always love to meet new people, and I will be sincerely pissed off at both of you if you don't come to Vegas and come see my show. <laughs> we will be there. We don't want to piss you off, London. Yes. One final question: How'd you pick so, your name? You know what? It's crazy story. It. You know what? Not too many people ask me. So when I was six. Years old, I used to do Golden Gloves boxing. Okay, back in Youngstown, Ohio. If anybody knows Youngstown, Ohio, they would know that there's a professional fighter out of that state called Boom Boom Mancini. I was actually at his gym. He was training for a big world fight. There was three guys, and we all had the same initials: MAS. My real name, my my, my basically my government name is Mark Allen Steele. Well, when I still when I, when I was in the gym, he said my, my trainer goes, "How in the fuck am I supposed to know who goes up on on in the ring next?" And Boom Boom stopped in the ring and looked over and goes, call that guy from London. He talks like he's from London. Well, there was a news, there was a, the, the vindicator, the news was in there doing a story and I was fighting that weekend at, the, at one of the places and they put in there, they took my name out and put my name in there as London Steel. From that point forward, teachers, all my friends, everybody call me London. And oh, that's so it's basically not even now. a stripper it's not name, just it's a stripper just like name. your name. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's been, but it's been my name since I was 16 years old. I love to it. a point that I don't even. I mean, even family members now call me London. I mean, it's crazy. My work. I mean, I don't even. Well, I mean, yeah, so I mean, everyone's someone, gonna know the kind of work you do now. So no shame. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed. But I'm proud of it. Good. So no worries we there, man. Awesome. So you know. Fuck yeah. yeah, London! It was such a pleasure yes, having you amazing. join us. Thank you. Um, we cannot Listen, wait. Anytime to see you. you, anytime you guys need something, like I said, if it's another interview, whatever it is. Please hit me up. Though. Feel free. Don't ever hesitate. And like I said, when you guys come to Vegas, make sure you hit me up. You guys are coming in on my guest list. I'm bringing you in on a limo. I'm going to put a bottle on you. I'm going to put a bottle with you guys out on the crowd, and you guys are going to have a great time. Then I want you guys to go back, and I want to give, want you to give your honest opinion what the difference was between when you seen my show and Magic Mike Live. Because let's be honest, me and him are going head-to-head now. He's down the road for me doing a show. So it's a kid against the boss. And I'll be honest, I have four ladies coming to my show every night. Night with their little magic mic bags, they said they wouldn't. They wish they wouldn't have wasted their money going to see that show. They oh, would have came to my place. Shit. Oh my. It's on. It's Fight a, it's words. a yes the golden gloves are yeah. back on. We will be there. Watch so, the space for our review. Thank you so much, so, London. Um, as you always, are so welcome. As always, if you like the podcast and want to hear more, you can check us out on social media. On Instagram, we're at Sluts and Scholars. On Twitter, we're Sluts Scholars. And as always, send us your wanderings, rants, raves, reflections to slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Thank you.